what advice do you have for people like just trying to dig out of debt? Okay, uh, don't be delusional. <laughs> okay, well, elaborate. And so don't be delusional in that every time I would wanna pay down my debt, there were two things I would do. I would try to pay off the debt that had the lowest balance just so it could be paid off. Okay. Just to give myself like, oh, I can breathe, something yeah. is gone. Yeah. That's not always the best scenario for us because it may not be the thing that has the highest minimum payment. It may not be the thing that has the highest credit um, interest, okay. which means that you may have paid off that little Walmart credit card, <laughs> but your PC MasterCard or your Visa like is growing at a way higher rate. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The other thing is don't be delusional in that you got to give yourself some grace, mm. right? Because sometimes we set these goals like I need to pay off my debt in the next year. Does it truly benefit you significantly to get it all paid off in one year? Yes, okay. it's being debt free is great. Being debt free isn't always wise. Welcome back to another episode of the Black is the New Rich podcast. Today we got a very special guest. It feels like I haven't been up here in a while because I haven't recorded. Um, so I'm a little nervous today, but we got a very special guest. We're going to talk about like, you know, finances and how we can get better at budgeting, how we can get better at saving and all that type of stuff. But I don't want to keep on talking. Can you introduce yourself, please? Hey, everybody. Oh, my gosh. First off, I'm super excited to be here. Nice. Um, big ups to Black is the New Rich doing big things for the community. Um, my name is Ebony, Ebony L, Ebony Ledford, whichever you prefer. And I'm a financial professional. Um, I started in finance at the young age of 21, um, which has a whole story attached to it. But basically, I was going broke. Okay. Like, living well beyond my means like oh, okay. like well, well well beyond my means i had expensive taste mm -hmm. i really like traveling yeah um so you know you start to get a little bit of stuff and then you're like oh let me get a little bit more but then what happened was i couldn't afford it yeah and so i was doing it all on credit card oh geez right so you're maxing out your credit card so i'm i'm getting there okay. and so I, max, <laughs> I max out one credit card and then i apply for another one and they gave me an $8,000 limit. I'm thinking to myself, at this point I'm 20 and I'm thinking, I'll pretend it's 2,000 Yeah. and then I'll never go over. Yeah. You can't pretend an 8,000, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah. you try to trick you yourself. you know you have that 6,000. You know. So I started spending on like trips and everything and it just hit me that if I hadn't learned how to make my money work, mm -hmm. As a Jamaican with very strong pride, yeah. I couldn't start living my life a certain way and then have to claw it back because yeah, I couldn't yeah, afford yeah, it. Yeah. And so I went to learn how money worked and then I realized that our community doesn't get easy access to the information that I learned in just 30 minutes. Mm. And so I said to myself, well, one, sis, you gotta fix yourself. Yeah. But in fixing myself, I can also then go in and fix the community, like our money mindset, how we leverage money, the mm -hmm. way we talk about money, mm -hmm. um, just to have those open conversations as well, right? Also growing up in a Jamaican household, what was ours was ours. Yeah. We didn't talk what your money, yeah. you know, your family was doing with money, what my yeah. family, everything was very private. To this day. To this day. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation. Exactly. I don't think it should be, to be it honest. It shouldn't be. In fact, other communities are leveraging, you know, tips here's what I did with my money, here's mm -hmm. a mistake I made and what I learned from, mm -hmm. we wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started in finance because I saw a huge gap and I saw an opportunity to help the people that I love the most, that being our community, yeah. um, but also to help myself to build the life that I wanted. Okay, amazing. So what was that, I would say, rock bottom point? Like, what did that feel like and what happened? <laughs> I think for me, the rock bottom point was that I could sustain that lifestyle 
I could continue to sustain that lifestyle for quite a bit of time, right? Okay. Like, um, I would get paid. Were and you working at that time? I was working, okay. and actually, I made quite good money. Like, okay. I was always getting raises. What, what were you doing? At that time, I was working at a coach outlet, but also working summertime with the government, the Region Appeal. Okay, nice. So you can imagine, like, the money was nice. Yeah, yeah. And at 21. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I was saving, but oftentimes you would save and then I would spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my rock bottom was kind of uh, the point where I realized I hated working in retail. Okay. Like, I got to this point in my work where I'd walk through the door and my body would go, I can't find a way to explain it except for saying like like i walk in and my mood is just salt i don't want anybody to talk to me it wasn't enjoyable and so my body developed this negative allergic reaction to going in and so Mm. i realized also that in my life i don't want to have to work a job i don't like because i need the money absolutely so what i did preemptively this could have been reckless which it, it is but i started calling in sick for all my shifts really yeah i just started calling in sick yeah um and so what would happen because of this is when i could tolerate to go in yeah i would make like maybe six hundred dollars bi-weekly still had i had my car i had my insurance i had everything you just had enough i just had enough mm. and so i started going harder in my business but at the same time uh this isn't a mistake i see a lot of entrepreneurs making is that we haven't developed a strong foundation but you feel like you can just go get it yeah, so i'm like okay forget it i'm just quit gonna too early yeah and uh. so i quit early and that was the point that I just realized I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. Yes. Um, I'm having a midlife crisis and I'm only 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I need better for myself. Mm-hmm. And I want to maintain this lifestyle. I don't want to, you know, the thought of kids purchasing properties. Yeah. It all threatened the lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. And my lifestyle also threatened my ability to build the life that I wanted with a family and all of that yes. stuff. And so it was kind of being in that position where my mind would be like, you have to choose. Mm-hmm. And I would say, what if I don't want to? Mm-hmm. And so that was my... What it if was... I don't want to? Elaborate on that. <laughs> okay. Did you know that the black dollar leaves the community within six minutes? That's why we are excited to introduce the new Black is the New Rich app designed for the black community to be more intentional about where we spend our dollar. The directory consists of mostly financial services like real estate agents, financial advisors, tax consultants, mortgage agents, videographers, photographers, and many more. With our app, you can easily find and connect with quality services that are owned by black entrepreneurs. And to ensure the integrity of the service on our app, all directory members are held accountable if they receive multiple bad reviews. Our mission is to circulate the dollar and provide quality services to our community. Download the Black is the New Rich app today and start investing in your community. Okay, so I feel like... You know, when we're younger, everybody's like, live your life now. People still say that to this day. Like, we'll travel and they'll be like, well, you guys got to do it while you're young. Mm -hmm. The other day I said to my mom, my mom thinks this is absolutely unacceptable, but my mother-in-law will accept it. Mm -hmm. I said, we're not going to just travel now. Yeah. We're going to travel like this forever. And when we have our first, like, child. Yeah. We're going to pay for you to travel with us so you can watch our child and we can continue living. Yeah, lit, lit, lit. And so that's what I mean with. Um, I don't want to choose. What if I don't want to? I want to live my best life Mm -hmm. and do the responsible things. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to stretch my vision. Like there were things, I remember the first time I told my dad I'm going to Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first vacation, by the way, was Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. That was my my first vacation. The second vacation was New York. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was like, dad, I'm going to Bahamas. He was like, 
we'll get there when we get there. You know, parents, when they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah keep yeah. dreaming, sure, sure, kid. Sure, sure, sure. And that put, we went to Bahamas that year, Jamaica by ourselves, mm-hmm. but, um, and somewhere else, Cozumel, Mexico. And every year after that, the trip was bigger. Mm-hmm. My life, every year, I want it to be bigger in a new way, in a uh, way that feels like people have to just watch just to catch some of that bigness. And yeah, I know yeah, bigness yeah. is not a word, but that's how big it is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. What if I don't want to choose? I don't want to have to pick between being responsible. You don't want to sacrifice your lifestyle. Exactly. Because of money. Exactly. Ah, okay. So now we are, we were talking off camera and you were saying that you want to take four trips a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so how do you feel about that now in comparison to like 21 years old? Because I know you were uh, traveling a lot. Yeah. So is, is that a dumb down or is that like, okay? For me, um, <laughs> before COVID, I had gotten up to five trips a year. Okay. Um, all of different veracities. Like when we went to South Africa, we went for 14 days, and that was like, first of all, Jeez, that's a- <laughs> black is the new rich. If you have not been to Africa yet, yeah. you have to go. Okay. I have. Like, everybody has to go like i touched down and i was like holy my spirit was just jumping like it was crazy (laughs) how like you just land and you're like whoa and i and i wouldn't even say i was in the the right place because i was in south africa which is a little different it's very different and there's a lot of segregation but that's a whole other conversation but being able to travel like that at that age was great so four trips a year means that i'm able to enrich my lifestyle basically it's a break each quarter okay some trips like this year i just came back from mexico mm-hmm. uh we're going to rome nice we have dubai books um and then i'm going to vegas okay right and so i might try to convince hubby please <laughs> and we can go <laughs> going to ghana but okay, like the, the thing is we want to travel at least four times a year because it gives me a mental break yeah compared to my 21 year old self this is a level up because mm-hmm. at that time I was traveling a lot, but it was like really one big trip a year and mm. whatever else I could do, there was no vacations. It, it was yeah. kind of like you just go. Yeah. Um, so this would be huge. Okay. This would be huge Jeez. for little me. Okay. Dope. So these days we're in a, like a economic turmoil, mm-hmm. right? The economy is going crazy right now. A lot of people are losing money in their investments and I want to talk to you about finances. Mm-hmm. And I want to start at budgeting, right? Because we've all heard budgeting for so long, but not a lot of us know how to do it Mm -hmm. and what to look out for. Mm -hmm. Can you please give me some tips on budgeting and where to start? Okay. So the first uh, PSA is that most people struggle with budgeting because we don't want to appear frugal and therefore we don't want to be frugal. Okay. Right? Like there is this uh, notion of I don't want to be cheap. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to cheap out. Yeah. And therefore we continue to live and we're overspending okay. whether we want to admit it or not. Okay. And so young me, 21, always overspending. Okay. Right. And therefore every time you get paid, you're playing catch up. Mm. Right. So it's kind of like you're um, spending before you got it. Exactly. Okay. So think of a payday loan. The cycle of a payday loan is I got to borrow for this week. Okay. But when I get paid next week, I got to take money from my paycheck to pay that back, mm-hmm. which means I probably need to get another payday loan mm-hmm. in our budget overspending does the same thing we're constantly playing catch-up and so the first thing it's so easy it's simple but you have to create a budget because if we don't know what's coming in Mm -hmm. compared to what's going out Mm -hmm. it's hard for us to maintain or even set goals okay and so some things to look out for is subscriptions i find that one of the biggest things right now i heard that a lot subscriptions yeah because i heard they eat money yeah have you ever (laughs) i signed up for just fab 
The ladies right. know. I yeah. signed up for Just Fab. It yeah. cost $39.95 a month US, so 50 mm-hmm. something dollars. Yeah. I signed up with the intention to skip each month. Yeah. There were a lot of months I forgot to skip. Okay. And I didn't need shoes. Uh, so as a result, like you may think, okay, well, $50 is small. And this was my problem. Yeah. $50 here, $20 here, $100 there. It doesn't add up to anything. Yeah. But it does. Yeah. Because you were probably counting on that $50 to make $250 for your investment. Ooh, see, that's where it comes into play. Right. Okay. Right. So we have to be weary of subscriptions. If you've subscribed to something because it's free and then it's going to take your money out, you've got to set a calendar reminder. Exactly. Debt repayment is also a killer Mm -hmm. because minimum payments, you might think my minimum payment is $25 today, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Since this economic change, interest rates have been going up and most people don't even realize. They're kind of like, oh, now it's not $17, it's $30, but that's okay. A lot of people spend a quarter at least of their income on debt repayment. Jeez. And then we're still playing catch up because we have to repay the debt that we owe plus interest. Yeah. Then we likely need to use it again to keep up with our lifestyle. Yeah. And so lifestyle creep, what are you spending on? And I'm not the regular financial professional that says, oh, like, I always make this joke, no bully beef, no craft dinner, (laughs) no nothing. Like, you know, people will say you have to make big sacrifices and it's true. You can stop buying coffee every single day as one step. Mm But at the same time, the biggest the biggest way to improve your budget really is just acknowledging where can I delay gratification? Okay. If it's not everywhere. What do you mean by that? Okay. So my trips. Yeah. There were trips that I could not afford to take when I was 21. Yeah. I could not delay my gratification there. Uh And when I say I could not, I mentally could not, Mm -hmm. but I really could have said, let me just wait a couple of months. True. Right? And so oftentimes we're trying to get everything now. Let me start this business. Oh, let me get a new car. Let me do this. What can I wait on? What is my main priority for this quarter, for this year? Okay. Before we started this podcast, um, I was saying to you, I wanted to buy a boat and two properties. (laughs) Yeah. In one in one setting. Yeah. And you can't do that. Okay. Right? Because I have to delay gratification. Mm -hmm. Obviously the boat comes second. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Right. And so I'll get a boat in the next couple of years, but I'm okay with delaying gratification so Mm -hmm. that I'm not hemorrhaging cash. Yeah. Right. And so budgeting is just about how can I delay some gratification, still building a life that I deserve because you deserve to treat yourself in some ways. How can I ensure I'm spending less than I earn Mm -hmm. and like keeping a net for savings all types of savings as well okay because i personally like i've heard people say oh cut back this cut back this or cut your lifestyle but i don't really believe in that Mm -mm. totally Mm -hmm. like i want to live my life i don't want to just be super frugal and not be able to live my life right and that's what kind of what you're saying absolutely in fact like when going into debt was the best decision i ever made Mm. it changed my life i was going to school for law yeah um life would have been very different had i not started to treat myself that way because uh, we grew up learning and it's not from our households per se but there's constant messages especially to the black community that we only live mediocre lives yes right and that life is really only about working and just getting by there's always this notion of just getting by and i don't believe in that yeah and so had i not gone into mm -hmm. debt and tasted the i'm like hold on people living like that no so had i not done that i wouldn't be going as hard as i am right now perhaps okay. and maybe by the time that i realized there's another life out there mm-hmm. i'd already be sitting in debt i would have you know just kind of be so used to getting by that it would cause different lifestyle creeps at a later time in life that yeah. could affect retirement Absolutely. so i think that 
it's conditional response, mm-hmm. right? When you have a cat, I have a kitten, and when he's doing something bad, I spray him with water. He yeah. likes water, so this example does not go for him, but yeah. in most cases, you spray with water, yeah. and that lets them know this is a bad thing. Yeah. But if you're constantly spraying them with water, even for doing things like eating, drinking, they get used to it and they're like, okay, I'm not supposed to do anything. Yeah. So if you're working for your money and you never have a break, you never have a moment to enjoy your life and the money that you're making, you never have the conditional response to actually do something with it to enhance uh, your life in other ways. Makes sense. Jeez, that's a... Okay, dope, 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 dope. So when it comes to saving now, okay? emergency fund savings um different types of savings accounts how do we go about that okay actually wait before you answer the question because here's one thing Mm -hmm. i heard something the other day and a guy was saying you know you should probably start investing when you have um six months of uh like your emergency Mm -hmm, fund mm -hmm. set up and to be honest i wish i took that advice prior because Mm -hmm especially with this economic downturn, like I have so much investments that are taking a beating right yeah, now. Yeah. And I didn't do it that way. I kind of just said, you know what? I, I have a chunk of change. I'm mm-hmm. going to invest it all. So what do you have to say about that? Okay, so there's a dichotomy of Ebony's. Pre-economic <laughs> pre, um, correction, Yes. I would say you're getting in. And you're still saving in an emergency fund, but perhaps you're prioritizing one over the other because everybody can do all things. That's another thing we have to get into. There's no excuses. You can save $10 a month if you have to for an emergency fund, um, but you need to put some money aside. So I would say that I believed in doing both. As a really high-risk investor myself, not for all my clients. So my clients all have different portfolios. Some of them were more focused on cash and emergency funds. Some of them were more focused on investments. Some doing both. For myself, though, I always felt it complicated to save cash because really? I'm like, cash, and you know, like my investments are doing pretty nice. And yeah. So I now force myself to, to save, save cash. cash. Okay. And the reason for that is, like you mentioned, without an emergency fund, you don't have options. An investment is not for now. There are day traders that are going to make money today, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But if you're not a day trader and you don't have that type of capital, mm-hmm. we're playing the long game. Yes. Right? Medium yeah. to long game. That's why I invested. I'm playing the long game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, in a time like now, let's let's forget the economy. Let's okay. like put it onto ourselves. Remember that example I gave? I hated my job so much I couldn't even go in. Yes. A lot of people are kind of in that boat where they're like, I would like to maybe travel Europe for the year or whatever. I just don't want to work where I work. So I want to give myself options. Mm -hmm. If you make that decision and you have to pull out of your investments, you bite yourself twice. Mm, Right. If you make that decision, (laughs) your investments are chilling and you've got cash. You only bite yourself once Once. and the bite doesn't last that long. Fair. Right. And so. An emergency fund gives you options from an employer. It gives you options for emergencies like now, mm-hmm. but it ensures that you don't have to actually take out of your long term. You don't have wealth. to panic. Exactly. Okay, because even I just uh, I put it up, I posted it the other day, and it was forty five percent of Canadians have to go into their RS RRSPs mm-hmm. and um, their savings basically yeah. to like live. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a forty five percent is an alarming number. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's think about the fact that more than 50% of Canadians are almost living paycheck to paycheck. Jeez. Yeah, someone commented that. Yeah. That's that's bad. Yeah. So then, d- during this time, like, how can we counteract that? <laughs> this is a good question. And it's tough because um, the bleeding has already started. Yes. Right? And so the best thing that you can do right now is prepare yourself so that in another situation like now, mm-hmm. you never feel the way that you do. Unless right. you love the way that you feel. Okay, so basically, are you saying like, okay, 
we're already going through it. Mm-hmm. We're probably gonna, we, every so often we go through these type of times. Exactly. So prepare for the next time. Prepare for the next time. And just try to get by this and one. And try to get by this one. Because for some people, I'm still saying save. Yeah. Still save, still do your thing, cut your expenses as much as you can. Yeah. Um, delay some gratification. Continue to live your life because things, the thing is, um, I was reading this book while I was on vacation and um, the psychology of money because I've been, I've oh, been at that. it, but you know, I it's so it, yeah. good. Yeah. And the problem is oftentimes we're so, we're so focused on the right now, Yeah. right? Um, we're focused on the right now. We are already going through an economic time where we're like, I don't know what to do, but I can get by. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to fix right now. Yeah. But the problem is if we're already in it, you still save your money, you still try your best. Investments aren't gonna help you right now. And you don't wanna take out from them unless you have to. So give yourself some grace get through this mm-hmm. you know with the skin of your teeth come out it's okay <laughs> and prepare for the next time right because okay. i remember my first i went to this event and somebody said every seven to 11 years there's an economic correction yes exactly. and yes we can't count on it to happen exactly when it happened last around that time yeah but it, it usually has some covid yeah. swine flu bird, yeah. bird flu is back yeah. in brand come on yeah. like something always happens right yeah. and so he said that the first time 2000s he didn't have any money he was broke Jeez. And so then he said, okay, by the next time 2008 came, he had some money, mm-hmm. so he invested it, but it, it didn't do what he wanted it to do. Okay. And that was the point that he vowed every seven to 11 years, I'm finna have it. Okay. And so when COVID came, I was like, oh gosh, this guy's laughing right now. <laughs> and then when this correction came, because the thing is we were already in a recession in COVID that yep. nobody spoke Talked about, about because exactly. we were already going through mass hysteria of other sorts, Yeah. right? And now they're putting us through mass hysteria of this and it makes me question because this this is black is the new rich we have to talk we have to talk real right so i'm a very real person there's always an agenda Mm -hmm. whatever the news is pushing constantly you have to ask why is there something like is it because they just want us to know no because there's other things that we're supposed to know that we don't yeah exactly and so whenever we see this constant tread oh my gosh you know this can be terrible and Mm -hmm. we're focusing on the negatives Mm -hmm. and we're convincing ourselves that everything is negative Mm -hmm. when there's opportunity here I was just about to say, like, if you have, if you have cash, if you have, you know, if you have it, I feel like this is a great time to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that? Absolutely. So, um, I love shoes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love shoes, just like I like food, but I don't buy food that necessarily goes on sale. Yeah. It's, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So shoes, right? If I go in and let's say Yeezys, let's say Yeezys have like a big sale for some reason. Mm-hmm. You go in and you buy as much as possible. Okay. You buy some for your friends. You buy some for your... You, you're like even forget my friends, forget my family. I'm just trying to f- hold whatever I can hold to get out of here. Yeah. This is a massive shoe sale. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the thing is, when we look at our money, when you go to the bank, they say, um, Corey, you know, are you okay with losing money? Mm-hmm. Most people are going to say no. Yeah. Because that's common sense. Nobody actually wants to lose money. Yeah. Even if we're comfortable with it, we don't wake up like, I want to lose money today. Yeah. So the problem is when it comes to investing, we're thinking about the money. We're thinking about what we put in. Mm-hmm. We're not thinking about what units. Okay. You, what do you mean by that? Units. Every time you buy a stock, you're buying a unit, okay. right? Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. And so when we put in money, if I own 10 units of something, I'm thinking, well, my money's dropped, but I still own 10 units. Yeah. And so unless I've sold, yeah. I haven't actually lost anything. Exactly. Okay, so in a shoe sale, you're able to buy more shoes when the price is low. Yeah. Right? And yes, there's the, this is the example I use. When you buy something and you bought it full price and you go back to the store, you're like, darn, I can't return it. 
and I lost. Yeah. And you just buy more shoes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so this is the same example. You already bought before the price was down, so there's some adjustments in your portfolio and your market value, yeah. but there's an opportunity to buy way more shoes, way more units. Mm-hmm. And when the market corrects, so long as you're making decent investments, yeah. common sense, you yeah, know, yeah. it's going to go back up. You have all these shoes, all these units, and the value goes up, mm-hmm. right? So when we think about our favorite name brands, when we think of like, I'm gonna use a black one, cause duh. Yeah. Um, when we think of somebody like Telfar, yeah. the bags <laughs> are hot yeah. and they sell out. And chances are you won't get them on sale, but if you do, it's a steal. Yeah. And you hold all those and the value keeps going up because nobody else can get them. True. And so having it in my closet, I'm growing value. Yeah. Just yeah. like a Louis Vuitton, having it in my closet, I'm growing money. value. Yeah. Having stocks in your closet, being able to buy them cheap, you're growing value. Okay. Are you big into stocks as well? I so I call, I call myself a, a lazy investor. Uh, exp- elaborate, <laughs> elaborate, elaborate, elaborate. All right. So um, in investing, you have a couple of different personalities, right? Okay. You got the day trader. I used to love mm. day trading. Whoa, I won't even touch that. You know what? It, it has so much potential for a return. Yeah. The thing is, to be a day trader, you need time. Okay. First off, you go to the bathroom, you make a bagel. Yeah. That's it. You just missed your opportunity for the day on something potentially. Yeah. So you always have to be at this computer. And then um, the other thing is you need capital. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can't just buy 10 units of something and expect to make 100% return. You yeah. need to have the capital to go all in and pull out to make yeah. those big true, margins, right? True, true, true. Most Canadians don't have that capital. Yeah. Most Canadians don't have that time. Yeah. A lazy investor. Um, and so... I am partially that type of investor, more for the long haul, okay. right? So like I like cryptocurrency, I mm-hmm. have singular stocks, um, I do all of that great stuff. I kind of look at balance sheets to figure out what I like, yeah. but the majority of my investing is funds, okay. lazy, right? Because it has a bunch of different companies, yeah. um, stocks, bonds, everything is in that portfolio. Yeah. I invest in the portfolio, I'm paying somebody to trade my money for me, okay. and then I just leave it there. Okay. Right? And so I have a very diversified portfolio of portfolios, different <laughs> funds. Okay. <laughs> um, is real there estate. anyone that you can say? Yeah. So my favorite is um, I'm heavily invested in segregated funds because okay. there's a guarantee on them. What's a segregated fund? Okay. So a mutual fund is um, kind of like a segregated fund's sister. Right. In that it's a fund that's actively managed. Right. They've got teams actively managing them, correcting things, taking things out. They they pull things out. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so they're mitigating your risk for you. Okay. Because of that, a mutual fund has fees. Right. Generally fees that everybody's trying to run away from. Yeah. A segregated fund is cloned. So control V that. Yeah. Right. And basically the only difference is that it's sold by an insurance company. And okay. so it has guarantees. So now in there's let's guarantees say, to your segregated yeah, fund. Yeah. So if wow. you if you uh, wait until maturity, let's say maturity is 15 years. Yes. They guarantee at least 75% of what you put in. 75%. Yeah. Assuming that the market is below yes. the value, right? Yeah. 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 If you put in a lump sum of cash, they guarantee 100% of what you put in. Now for those guarantees, the fees are higher, but yeah. there's a guarantee. Okay. Right. And so um, you also have index funds, right? Which okay. used to be um more like algorithms okay right okay. but positive algorithms yeah. and so there's a lot of time for them to correct themselves and mm. they tend to make you a lot of money in the present they don't always make you a huge return okay but the fees are lower okay now we have etfs yes ETF. very similar okay. right okay. um and so we have all these different options um some funds that i love that are offered as mutual funds and psych funds are dynamic Let's break that down. Okay, so (laughs) Dynamic is basically an investment firm and they create all these different 
portfolios. Okay. They've got a bunch of different portfolios. Um, I love the US one mm -hmm. because, okay, so here's the hack on investing, okay? okay? Investments are not driven by common sense. They're driven driven by emotions. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about things, I can tell you how my US investments are going to perform because there's a US election coming up, oh, which means that whatever we're going through now, even yeah. if it's fixed, mm -hmm. my belief is mm -hmm. that it's still not going to be properly fixed because yeah. we have to wait until we're on the other side of the election. True. And this happens every time there's a US election. Yeah. Either things are getting really inflated up into the point and then they crash and then they come back up. Uh -huh. But this is something that I can expect because mm -hmm. I can expect Americans and other people to be um, you know, looking forward to different things throughout this election. Yeah. Different. Um, when we had Trump, the not, I'm not big in politics, but Trump would do things where if you were a, a gifted investor, you'd be like, great day, Trump, uh -huh. great day. You know, because he would say things and then you'd be like, this is an opportunity, but yeah. it's only if you realized it was an opportunity. Okay. Um, and so it's driven purely by human emotion. Jeez. The next is um, Dynamic also introduced a real estate fund. Mm -hmm. Some of our favorite developers are mm -hmm. in those funds. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody who... I'm really big, again, dichotomy ebony. I'm huge on property ownership. Yes. I also acknowledge the situations in which I'd rather rent. Okay. Right? And so if you're somebody who's like, I kind of like my life. I don't really want to be a landlord. I don't really want to own. Yeah. You can just invest in REITs, invest yes. in different types of I land. Learned about, I learned that at the EYL um, event the other yes, day. Yes, yes, REITs. yes. They gave a bunch of different REITs, Canadian ones to exactly. invest in. Are you invested in any? Yes. Can you but, say um us and okay. so um some of my i'm invested in a real estate portfolio and i can't remember right now yeah exactly what makes it up but yeah. i'm gonna make sure i send you the list because yeah, there's please. a bunch of I'll put in the description <clears throat> different developers including like um storage companies for example um that own you know they have trucks so you yeah. know they have trucks yeah but you didn't realize that they own so much land for storage oh true. and so there's Again, a big diversity of different types of properties that I'm investing in, yeah. while still going towards actual property ownership, being a landlord, but this gives people an opportunity to just get in. Get in, okay. Mm -hmm. Jeez, that's a lot of investment, t investment <clears throat> tips at once, dope. So let's talk about credit. Mm -hmm. I've heard so many different credit rules, right? And w first of all, are how are you using credit right now? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, hold on. Okay, so how am I using credit right now? So, uh, credit and I were not friends. Really? We are friends now. Yeah, we're. But in the past, the past. we were not friends. Okay, okay, fair, um, fair, fair. Because the truth is, I would always tell myself, I'm going to use this, I'm going to pay it back, or, you know, you give yourself an option, like, why would I buy this in cash if I can buy this on credit and I'm going to yeah, pay it back? And true. then you don't pay it back. True. And so, one opportunity is before I get into how I use it is being realistic with how people use it, right? Okay. How are our viewers using it? Um, are you being honest with your credit? Are you using it for your life expenses, the things that you should be paying for in cash? Yeah. Are you using it because you feel like it's bridging the gap for when you can't afford something, you're just tapping it? Mm -hmm. So right now I'm more into leveraging. Okay. Right, and so um, for the past, actually for all of this year, Everything I want has been cash. Really? Yeah, everything well, I want. You, why did you make that decision? Because to be honest with you, I know myself and I, I know when it comes to leveraging debt because of how my mind works, Yeah. I might leverage debt and take that cash and be like, you know what, I'm gonna invest that here. And as we're in a changing economy, it can still work. 
But normally what I say is the rule if you're going to be leveraging debt is that your investment is growing at a rate higher than your debts. Okay. Right now, yes. you show me somebody whose investment <laughs> yeah, oh, is no. growing higher than their debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interest rates keep going up. Yeah. And therefore, I don't want to put myself into an overextended leveraged position yeah. where I'm kind of like, now minimum payments are so expensive. My investments aren't popping off the way I want. And of course, active income is coming in, but that's not what I want to use it yeah. for. Yeah. And so training myself to just use cash. And when I'm ready, I'll use debt for different things like my car. Yeah. I'm financing. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. The, at the time that I bought it, interest was 1%. Yeah. Right. So why would I? It cost me a thousand dollars to have the car. Why yeah. would I pay for that in cash? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, mortgage. I've got a mortgage. Um, I also have a line of credit. Yeah. And sometimes I'll use this for a couple of different things. Line of credit. I might use it for investing. Not right now. Okay. But if the interest rates were better, okay. I would use it for investing potentially. Right. And okay. actually, there's an opportunity for a lot of people to do that. TFSA RRSP loans. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're leveraging, you just need to make sure that you're calculating how much does it cost for me to leverage this? Yeah. And what's the timeline it would take for me to make this back and then some true. So even just a simple rule of thumb, like just for people using credit, mm -hmm. right? I've heard uh, different uh, credit utilization mm -hmm. yes. percentages. Yes. I've heard 30%. Yeah. What what is it? What or what do you what do you believe in? I would say a thirty percent is ideal. 30 I'm sorry, before even that, can yeah. you explain to people what that e okay, even is? Okay, perfect. So there's there's two key metrics, right? Mm -hmm. Um credit utilization is if you've got thirty thousand dollars in credit total, so from credit cards, lines of credit, student loan, yeah, how much are you using of that? What's okay. your balance owing? Okay. And so I remember the first time I went to get a student loan to buy a car. That's another, oh, <laughs> that's another, that's another story. Yeah. But I went to buy a car and she was basically saying at that time I was 20. Um, and she was saying like, hey, your credit utilization, because you have revolving credit credit cards, yeah. it's high. Right, because my credit card at that time was a thousand dollar limit. Remember, yeah. I was big spender. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. my credit card, even though it was paying it off, it was always right at about that thousand dollar mark. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, if you're always sitting at the top end of your credit, you're a high revolving user. So that means they think that the uh, it's funding your life. Exactly. Okay. Makes exactly. sense. Exactly. And when you're going into other things, like um, big shout out to Royston, because I was just talking to Royston about this the other day. Um, let's say you're going for a mortgage. Yeah. Right. They're gonna say, "Well, <laughs> hold on. Can you can you even afford this? Like, yeah. how are you gonna pay for it? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so you want to keep that down because it shows lenders that you're a responsible user. Okay. It also keeps your credit score at a very healthy rate, um, and it protects yourself. Okay. Because if you're always at the top end of your credit utilization, yeah, it means you're always almost maxed out. Yeah, and you're all reliant." relying on it all the time exactly and when it comes to paying it you have very little wiggle room and people in that space oftentimes it's like okay i'm, I'm maxed out so i'm gonna get another credit card mm. i'm maxed out so i can't do anything until i can afford to pay it down and then there's the other option that i highly do not recommend but i'm maxed out so i'm just not gonna pay it at all i'll just wait the seven years until it drops off yeah nah. right and so these are things that impact our credit and impact our ability to do things like leverage debt for investing okay um the other thing is debt to earned income ratio mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. and your debt is sitting at eighty thousand dollars well there the first thing a bank is going to say is 
you can't afford to pay me back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't even know how you're living. Like, yeah. So you want to make sure your debt to earn income ratio is also down. This gives you options. I believe in um, debt, like life insurance can be a hack. Okay. Right. In that is somebody else's, that, yeah. right. It's somebody <laughs> else's money. Okay. And it's not your own. It gives you options if you use it responsibly. Mm -hmm. But if you play yourself mm -hmm. and you tell yourself that that's just free money, mm -hmm. it puts us in an odd situation. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes a situation that um, it costs us a lot of time mm -hmm. to pay it back. Um, there's a lot of people whose credit right now, it's like they wish it could have been better. Yeah. But it can't. Yeah. Because things are so tight. Yeah. They can't afford. Um, actually, in that same book, right? Are you planning to fail and and planning to fail in that we understand that everything doesn't go according to plan 100 so if you're making this income right now and you're okay with your debt to earned income ratio being 80 percent, sure mm -hmm. have you planned for the unexpected yeah exactly the chance that maybe you're gonna have to miss two paychecks yeah the chance that you decide you want to quit your job yeah how do you then continue to maintain that credit and ensure because the creditors are not your friends exactly. they're your friends when you have money when yeah. they when you have no money yeah, they're on your they're ass. on you yeah, yeah, yeah right so um just making sure that when you're using your debt again low debt to earned income ratio mm -hmm. low utilization now can everybody stay at 30 percent? am mm -hmm. i at 30 percent right now no mm -hmm. but you just want to make sure it's close it's close okay mm -hmm. fair fair and for the people that right now, I, I was even talking to a guy at the gym and he was just talking to me about his debts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are trying to dig out of debt. Yeah, right? yeah. It could be very difficult to do right now to make money yeah. and to dig out of debt and to like, you know, just fund your lifestyle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What advice do you have for people like just trying to dig out of debt? Okay, uh, don't be delusional. <laughs> okay, well, elaborate. And so don't be delusional in that every time I would want to pay down my debt, there were two things I would do. I would try to pay off the debt that had the lowest balance just so it could be paid off. Okay. Just to give myself like, oh, I can breathe, something yeah. is gone. Yeah. That's not always the best scenario for us because it may not be the thing that has the highest minimum payment. It may not be the thing that has the highest credit um, interest, okay. which means that you may have paid off that little Walmart credit card, <laughs> but your PC MasterCard or your Visa like is growing at a way higher rate. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The other thing is don't be delusional in that you got to give yourself some grace, mm. right? Because sometimes we set these goals like I need to pay off my debt in the next year. Does it truly benefit you significantly to get it all paid off in one year? Yes, okay. it's being debt free is great. Being debt free isn't always wise. Ah, explain that. Elaborate right? on that. So like, again, back to leveraging. If you have all this cash, let's let's say a house, right? Yeah. I'm going to sell you the perfect house and you have the cash to pay for it. Yeah. You could pay for it in cash. That's a choice. Yeah. Right. Because maybe for you, you're like, I have enough cash where I'm not going to miss it. Or you can take a mortgage with a low interest rate. Yeah. You invest that money. Yeah. Maybe you start a business. Yeah. You develop your app. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you do all of this great stuff and you're making money off of the money you could have sunk into your house. True. And so giving yourself grace um, and ensuring that, okay, I don't want to be debt free because I think I should. I feel like in finances, especially in our community, one problem, it is a problem with our community, I'm going to say that, is that we go along and it's kind of like we're living our best financial lives through the lens of other people. Exactly. Right? Because we're just trying to figure out, well, if that worked for you and this is working for the Jewish community and this is, yeah. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. And 
sometimes people are just playing at a different level they're playing yeah. a different game 100 and so if you don't know how to play that game or mm -hmm. that's not the game that you should be playing mm -hmm. oftentimes it leaves us behind so debt free is a game for some people yes. debt free is for somebody who doesn't have a good relationship with credit they know themselves and they're like old ebony like yeah, yeah i'm gonna <laughs> hold off on yeah, that yeah, yeah. right but if you can train yourself on how to use it wisely, debt free is not the best option. Okay, can you give us some more examples how people can use debt to their uh, benefit? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so starting a business. Yes. Right? Um, starting a business is a great way to use debt. And we know most businesses do it. Um, another challenge I see is a lot of entrepreneurs, we're playing too small, mm. right? So we start a business and we're like, okay, I invested 500. I invested, a, you know, a thousand mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then something comes out where it's like maybe it's twenty five hundred dollars for a great training and you're like, nah, it's too much to invest. Uh. Right. A, a business owner, when you think of Walmart, when you think of some of the biggest banks like Chase, those are people that said, yeah, we finna run it up yeah. <laughs> and we're going to build this business and we're yeah. going to start building it from the blocks and then all the way up. Yeah. If we start small and we're not investing in our business, investing in our business, giving ourselves enough time. So maybe you do need to take some time off of work to develop whatever you have. True. Right. Maybe you need to invest in going back to school, online courses. Yeah. Maybe you need to invest in a new car. Yeah. Right. Like if you're driving Uber, to be honest with you, I'm not getting into a 1970 Honda. That's yeah, yeah, red flag. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, you yeah. may need to invest in things like that. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is actually investing. Right. Mm -hmm. For people, um, oftentimes I work with people who say I don't make enough and mm -hmm. therefore I have no extra cash flow. Mm -hmm. Nine out of ten times we find cash flow because mm -hmm. there's usually something there that we can use in the event that you're the one off and you're like, I have no cash flow. Leverage it. Yeah. Right. Go out and get a low, uh, low interest loan. Mm -hmm. Go get an investment loan. Mm -hmm. Invest it mm -hmm. and build your long term wealth. Yeah. Um, cars we talked about, mortgages we talked about, and so basically anything that could make you money that you don't have the that's money for right debt. now. That's good debt. And the debt that you let get into that doesn't make you money. That's bad debt. Exactly. You want to stay away from that. My relationship with that is this. If you know yourself, yeah. there is no good or bad. Because if, if okay. I go to the Gucci store and I want to buy myself a Gucci belt, it's the same question. Why do I want to pay for it in cash if I can pay for it in on the, a credit, credit card, card. Yeah. right? If the interest rate makes sense. If my interest rate is 20% and yeah. now I'm paying 20% more on the belt, yeah, just pay on. for it in cash. Yeah, fair. But let's say, for example, I pull this from my line of credit and it's 5%. 5% is worth it and I'll invest the cash for the belt. Yeah. Right? So finding ways to make our money work for us through wise decisions, mm -hmm. always calculating mm -hmm. which has the highest interest rate. Okay. Is it how I'm going to use the cash okay. or is it the debt? And okay. if it's the debt, that's bad and we stay away from it. Okay. Jeez. Okay. So I want to talk about streams of income. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of times people say um, uh, w one stream of income is close to none. Yeah. Right. And I feel like these days people either have to like consider side hustles or just different things to earn more money. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> I have nine streams of income right now. Nine? Nine. Can we go through them? Yeah. Okay, okay. let's go through them. So um, I have a couple of different businesses or my okay. business forks off into different areas, right? Okay, that's okay. And so I, I get paid that. passively and actively as well. Okay. So I'm cheating yes. because those are different streams of income. Okay. Um, so actively when I work with a client, I get paid. Okay. Um, I get override from my brokerage. Okay. I also get residuals, residuals from investments. Okay. Residuals from insurance. Okay. Right, because think about it this way. If you're constantly doing something, I make trails on the investment. So in helping you do well on your investments, Yeah. 
I get a kick. Okay. And insurance, as long as somebody's renewing, <clears throat> I get a kick. Okay. That's four. Um, I also have a nine to five. Oh, really? Yes, I what do. do, you do? Um, <laughs> I'm a manager in tech, so um, we do renewals yes. for... Uh, to make it easy, it's kind of like, you know when you go to a McDonald's and you use that big tablet? It okay. is a tablet, but yeah. it's locked, so it doesn't look like a tablet. Okay. And so I work for a company that sells mobile device management, oh, um, and I lead a team, oh, right? Geez. And so it's pretty cool because uh, I love sales, I yeah. guess. I guess. Yeah. Now I can admit it. Um, and so I make money through that. I do public speaking. Okay. I do influencing. Yeah. I also have investment income. That's yeah. eight. Um, and then my last one, and I always, I always knock on this one. Investment income. Da, 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 da. Jeez, I don't know eight. what the last one is. I can't remember what the last one is right now. But we'll call it eight. We'll okay. call it eight. So, this is. I wasn't even planning to ask this, but how do you find time for everything? God. <laughs> um, honestly, time management. Like okay. you just have to. I use an army, uh, like a military agenda. Yeah. Every second is budgeted. Timed. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I do that so that I can navigate. Otherwise, I get really frustrated when something doesn't go my way. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you're doing a bunch of different things and you're like, you can't get anything done. So it's about being really diligent, setting up like weekends. I yes. have my block times, yeah. but I might have something or a time where I batch things, right? Okay. Like especially content, captions, True. plans for the week, all of that stuff gets batched and my okay. week starts early. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just leverage doing that, but the majority of my income, ah, number nine bonus. Uh. Um, <laughs> the majority of my income um, is, it's half and half, half active, half passive, Okay. right? And so there are some things that I don't have to do much for, true, right? True, true, true. And so if I was doing nine active streams of income, no, that's too much. I'd be here, run down, yeah. I couldn't even make it here, yeah. I'd have to call and say, <laughs> right? But if you can leverage, I always say this, at New Year's we always clink each other's glass and we're skinning tea and we're like, yeah. happy New Year! Yeah, yeah. Everybody who doesn't make residual income starts the New Year at zero dollars. So we're, mm. imagine this, we're clinking at nothing. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Zero! <laughs> Residual income, we clink to break your glass yeah. because we're clinking in the positives. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Yeah. And so I always encourage somebody to find a residual stream okay. of income. And it can be investments. It can be dividends. It okay. can be, um, you know. I was ask, like, what yes. ways? What dividends. Ways? Um, actually, when you get to a certain level in your investments, you can turn on income schedule. Okay. So basically, you can be paying yourself as okay, if you're your own employer, right? Yeah. Um, uh, another way that you can make income passively is by maybe selling a drop shipping selling a product that doesn't physically need you to be there yeah. for it to to go even a service yeah um and then um on the active side it's really just being creative it can be a part-time job yeah COVID-19 opened up so many opportunities mm -hmm. um COVID-19 was not great for me mm -hmm. I was burnt out and I had gone through so much loss like with friends and then George Floyd happened and it was done oh, yeah, it was yeah, done yeah, I couldn't yeah. even I couldn't do anything. Um, yeah. I was so burnt out. So in that case, COVID-19 was eye-opening, mm -hmm. I think. That was the opportunity I saw because had I not burned out in COVID, yeah. I probably would be very burnt out right now. And okay. I think a lot of people felt that way. That was a, good, that was a great reset. 
exactly exactly right people left their employers they didn't like how certain things were looking they made big changes big decisions Mm -hmm. um another benefit of covid is how easy it is to make extra streams of income yeah 100 banks are now outsourcing customer service and you can do it from home yeah right a lot of jobs you can just do from home some of them start from 6 p.m just on your laptop for a couple of hours um and so you have lots of ways to make money streams of income absolutely okay because i feel like that's like even my mom we talk about like because she works her job like Mm -hmm. just doing something else Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's there's a different options that she can look into absolutely um and you want to do something that you that's not going to stress you out yeah right like that's why i like the the idea of online and oftentimes some people will say okay ebony when are you going to retire like when do you why do you work a job i never plan to retire by the way never No, ever ever i don't oh you I'll, don't I, you, you agree yeah, yeah I'll, okay. I'll retire from my job yeah yeah like hard labor yeah soon i'll yeah. be retiring yeah but in the meantime i'm gonna chill as long as i like it yeah and it's not stressing me out we're gonna keep it because the more the merrier okay right yeah. but I don't plan on ever retiring. Maybe just taking a step back and maybe this is another conversation, but like with entrepreneurship, we have to see, are we building something that always requires us? So we're just self-employed. Or are we building something bigger than ourselves, Mm -hmm. the whole system that when we say like, I'm gonna beach bum in South Africa for six months, I'm still making, the first time I made money passively, I was overspending in South Africa. So let me tell you something. <laughs> I was out there and I was bo- I was blowing the money. And one day I logged into my bank account. I'm like, holy, maybe we need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> and then I got paid. Yeah. I got paid passively. I didn't yeah. do anything. Oh, I was yeah. in South Africa. Yeah. And then I got paid. I'm like, okay, we back to the spending now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? geez. And so being able to have that type of control over your life, because financial independence is control over your own life. Yes. And so for people yes. who are like, I need to retire, I wanna retire, it's because you don't have control. Yes. Right, but when you're doing something you love, you get to step back and watch other people flourish in what you've created, mm-hmm. you're not gonna retire, why would yeah, you? Uh, ne- yeah, exactly, that's exactly why I say I never retire, because Black is Rich, like I said, is gonna be the biggest media Absolutely. company out of Canada, so hopefully I'll take a step back when I'm uh, older and watch it grow. Exactly, you know? so, exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about insurances, mm-hmm. whether it's life insurance, um, property insurance. What should people be looking into? Okay. So, um, I it, just got life insurance, by the way. I kind of embarrassed you, yeah, but I just, I, I got it. Ah! <laughs> I got it. Okay, I got good. it. Good. My first life insurance policy I got at age 20. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So yours is. Yeah. Did I you have get term or the. Permanent. I so got I got a, permanent too. Yeah. Universal life or whole life? I'll explain the difference. Soon. Okay. Okay. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta check. I'll let you okay. look at my. Uh, All right. So universal life versus whole life. These are two different types of permanent policies. Okay. One is bundled, um, which is the whole life. So you can't quite see what your cost of insurance is. So mine's like half investment, half insurance. And you can see which each is. Uh, I'll, I'll let you look okay, at the Okay. Yeah, I think yours is universal life. Okay. Okay. Because with whole life, there's an investment component, but you can't necessarily see what it is. There's a guaranteed this is at least what you'll get and then there's a hypothetical value that's what you could get but you never really see month over month how much is going towards investments Mm -hmm. there's also a participating option right which allows you to make dividends so imagine in paying your insurance and being a good adult you're getting paid dividends universal life is the same but it's unbundled which means we can see exactly what our cost of insurance is and we can see exactly how much is going towards investment okay which allows us to look at an illustration and be like okay at this age this is likely how much I'll have. I think that's that's what I have. I, I figure uh, because because you said split, I was like, okay, yeah, you can see. So, um, universal life and whole life are two great options to creating our own bl- our own banks. Okay. When we think about other communities, 
I oh you said this the other day and like I'm like feeling it right now like <laughs> is it like are we considering that like you know these communities are on year 450 oh, yeah, and we're yeah. on year two yeah right these communities are on year 450 of insurance of investments of things mm-hmm. that we couldn't own mm-hmm. and it's we're in on their DNA at this point exactly mm-hmm. right and so the thing is leveraging different types of insurance is a way to protect yourself mm-hmm. base level selfishly it's a way to build your own bank because remember my earlier point if we i hate i hate when people say this might sound harsh so i'm sorry but like oh the system's not built for us come on yeah if people were not winning if nobody if there was no black as the new rich if we were all doing the same mediocre thing Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. the system's against us and we should be crying yeah but But that's not the case right and so if the system we don't trust it and it is against us but mm-hmm. you just you win regardless yeah. right why would i put all my money in the banks yeah what and and the thing is that's why cryptocurrency exists but have we noticed that now the government also has that yeah so yeah. where do i put my money in a place where it's like i'm set yeah and i depend on me mm-hmm. well insurance it's owned by an insurance company but it disallows certain government bodies, creditors from touching your money. So now you become your own bank. Mm -hmm. Because if I put a million dollars in my policy, I get to take loans for myself, I get to leverage that for a mortgage, I get to do all of these different things and I rely on me, Mm -hmm. right? I have full control plus I get to pass on this generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And so I call it a cheat code because at the time that I first got my, my very first policy, I had trouble, I was saving. Is it a tax sheltered one? It's tax sheltered, Okay. yes. I got that So now I have five. You have five policies. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And uh, um, all in total, like four of them amount to a million. One yes. amounts to a million as well. So two million. Yeah. And that, that last one. Now you can leverage that. Yeah. And I plan to overfund it so that my insurance value is going to be way more than the two million. Yes. And so what this does is for our kids, right? Because my boyfriend also got an insurance policy, maybe at like 23, uh-huh. 24. So we're already set when we have kids. We're set for our parents, you know, worst case scenario. Yeah. When we have our first child, my first course of action will be as soon as I leave that hospital, finna write up a policy yeah, somebody, for, for, for the child, child right? Exactly. And it's not because I'm saying, oh, I need life insurance to cover my child's life. No, I want them to build huge wealth because that's what other communities are doing. Yes, exactly. Right? And so from they're born. From they're born. Yes. They don't waste time. Yeah, okay? Exactly. And so when it comes to different things, property insurance, mm-hmm. when we think about things like health insurance, yeah. I saw Doug Ford do something like he's looking to privatize some healthcare okay. and people are up in arms about it. Yeah. I like that idea. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. To Canada be doesn't have the best healthcare. No, it doesn't. Just like we don't I'm have the best Indian food. I'm watching my grandmother go through food. it. Exactly. I'm watching my grandmother go through it and she always telling me, she's like, Corey, if you can somehow get private healthcare, do it, please. Absolutely. It's, I'm watching her go through it and it's, 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 it's hard to watch sometimes. It's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Right now, forget people are going to say, oh, well, there's long wait times. No, no, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the fact that stage four cancer here is stage two in australia that has nothing to do with a wait time yeah exactly. that has everything to do with technology and investment yeah. um different parts of china can do surgeries that i know people couldn't be treated for here mm-hmm. but they were treated out there exactly. and so it's about giving yourself options privatized healthcare is just you going the extra step to say i want to ensure things are good mm-hmm. right it's why i have critical illness mm-hmm. critical illness if i decide i don't want to be treated here i'll fly out yeah that's okay yeah um and so giving ourselves those options um so you want to make sure that you protect every single dollar mm-hmm. right if you invest in a property even if you're just renting it yeah i want to protect everything that's in it because yeah. i paid for it property insurance exactly everything. so okay. 
any form of insurance that's protecting your investment yeah. is worthwhile for you. Okay. And it's I know people will say, okay, like I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this, I'm gonna, you know, sacrifice this. Guess what? If you have a car and it's new, my my car actually has this depreciating thing. I added it so it doesn't depreciate. I'm like, lick me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's insurance. That's yeah. why we pay insurance. Yeah. And yes, if nothing ever happens, boo-hoo, but if something does, you're so grateful for it, okay. right? And so the only type of insurance that I would say I'm not a big fan of is mortgage insurance. Mm. And the reason for this is mortgage insurance is really life insurance perverted with a new name, uh, right? Okay. Okay. And so basically you're paying more because it's called mortgage insurance, but it's really just a term life insurance policy that has the bank as your main beneficiary. Okay. Okay. And so when we think about building wealth, you might think, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because when I'm building wealth, if I'm going to leave money for my mortgage for my kids, yeah. first off, when I'm paying for that policy, the mortgage value should be going down, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's a depreciate, like not depreciating asset, but the, the value is going down of how much I owe, right? Yeah. If this is the case, my mortgage insurance, it's always going to be for the same value. Mm -hmm. The bank is going to get paid out. If my mortgage is 600000 today yeah. and I pass away in 20 years, yeah. they still get paid the $600,000. Yeah. My family doesn't get the overflow, yeah. right? Whereas I can build a policy that not only pays for the mortgage, mm -hmm. but also gives them options, mm -hmm. right? And keeps people out of our affairs, mm -hmm. which is the most important thing. So um, insurance is, I'm very passionate about all types of insurance for the most part, with exception to mortgage insurance, mm -hmm. um, because again, it, it just protects text the work you've put in to get what you've got yes and i want to actually drive the point in because we're in the generation where people are getting married mm -hmm. they're having kids when you have kids immediately life insurance mm -hmm. i want to drive that point in yeah because i think that's so important because you did say other communities do that and they're used to that but we're not right but we're not and we've gotten really good with the resps mm -hmm. resps i've heard some negative things but they you, are an RESP, most parents think this is the only way that they can save yes. for their child. Yeah. So we go hard in this RESP. We don't realize that the fees are actually really high. Yeah. And so if your child, look at the generation we're in. Mm -hmm. Do you think that 10 years ago you could have told me that people are, are TikTok influencers and making... No, because TikTok didn't even exist. Exactly. And so now kids are growing up like, I don't want to go to school. I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. Right? And it's and a real job. It's <laughs> a real job. And so the thing is, if your child decides they don't want to go to post-secondary school, yeah. you only get what you put in, less the fees. Yeah. And most times the RESP, because we don't ask the right questions, they're not really well invested. Yeah. So you've put in all this money, you're losing a lot of it Yeah. for nothing. Yeah. It's only when the child decides to go to school, the government matches, there's yeah. all of these benefits. And things are changing, grants. like you said. Exactly. Kids are not going to school. Exactly. So I recommend if you're going to invest in RESP, mm -hmm. minimally, you know, $50, $100 a month. But you don't need to be putting your entire um, like child tax benefit. Yeah. Now, if you were going to put your entire ch child tax benefit somewhere mm -hmm. in an insurance policy, let's say somebody's doing that since the baby is zero years old, they're fresh. Mm -hmm. Child tax benefit, you're putting in, let's say, $400 a month, every single month for your child. By the time they're 18, in most illustrations, they already have a million dollars, likely by the time of 25, Jeez. if not before, Jeez. right? And that's just you using the child tax benefit because yeah. 
people might not like me saying this it's for the child yeah and yeah. so many of us are using it to fund well, our lives yeah, i'm gonna yeah, get my nails yeah, done and yeah, it's, yeah, it's for definitely. the child mm-hmm. right and so um i've heard somebody ask the question like you use it now are you gonna pay them back because mm-hmm. the child tax benefit is for them it's mm-hmm. not for us yeah, yeah so why not invest it on their behalf exactly okay dope so i want to talk about like building your money team and actually i have i don't want to mess up the different industries Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like financial professionals Mm -hmm. you have a certified financial planner Mm -hmm. insurance broker estate planner attorney certified public accounting Mm -hmm. do we need all those or which ones do we need so it just depends on who you find okay right because for example um i can help cross off a lot of those like boats yeah i'm not um an estate planner but i can connect you to one okay right and so oftentimes when you're working with a financial professional they can help you in different areas but there are certain areas that we do not flirt with right and so for example um most financial professionals people who are in insurance investments Mm -hmm. um even financial planning Mm -hmm. they may not be able to help you with your accounting, okay. right? Especially with different levels of business accounting. They can tell you how to use your money in terms mm-hmm. of like, here's the excess, here's how much you can invest, here's where you can put it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of constant accounting, they're gonna recommend you to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're managing an estate, you can have a company or a financial professional that helps you with the estate planning. So your will prep and all of that stuff. Okay. Um, you go to um, get it notarized, but you have an executor yeah. who executes that yes. estate, mm-hmm. which generally speaking comes from somebody that you know no, or yeah. that you love, Family right? Member. Yeah. Um, also on top of this, I think that there are some things that we don't always need. My main ones are just have an accountant. Yes. Have a lawyer depending on what you're into right okay. like all entrepreneurs should be having yes. some sort of lawyer yeah. and i know courtney was just on here I, yeah. Courtney, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all entrepreneurs should have some sort of lawyer yeah um you need to make sure that you have a will so either you do have somebody to support you directly with estate planning yeah. or managing your yeah. estate yeah. or you have a financial professional that does that somebody that can support you with insurance okay. and if your financial prefer- professional is not insurance licensed mm-hmm. then now you need to get somebody that's going to support you solely with the planning the budgeting okay. the investment Investing. And to me, you need a mortgage broker. Okay. If you're going into property, of course, of course, with a mortgage broker, you likely need a real estate agent. Okay. Right. Somebody that you trust. Don't just get anybody because they've got a nice sign. Yeah. You want somebody who can talk to you hard. I was just actually going to ask you that question. Like mm-hmm. for the people that let's say they're not as financially literate. Mm-hmm. How do you what questions can you ask um, a professional so you can trust them so they can do services for you? I would say um, sharing a client's story without the name. Mm-hmm. You can always tell when you're working with the right person. Okay. And it's outside of financial literacy. Yeah. Remember that finances is purely emotional. Okay. So it's not just about what somebody knows because they can find things out. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about how they make you feel. Okay. Right. And okay. so I'm really big on that. So I had a client and, and her sister was like, nah, I talked to my sister she needs to talk to you because she has all her stuff in order. I don't like the vibe basically. Ah, And when I, when I met with the sister, she was like, no way. Like there was just no push. Like I'm, I'm a very chill person. And sometimes people are, remember everything is a sale. Yeah. And so you need to confirm if you're being sold Mm. and you can tell that by, okay, I've been talking to this person for five minutes and yet it still looks like they may not know my name. And just I, in, little things, just the little things, mm-hmm. right? In speaking to this person, we've gone over what they recommend. They've never once asked me what my goals are. 
Mm. Right? Because sometimes you're sitting in front of somebody, they have no idea who you are, and they're going to be like, here's what I recommend, get they're out. They're just selling, selling, they're selling. They're just selling. selling. You and so that. you want somebody who can take the time to listen to where you are, yeah. who's not frustrated, and who's educating mm-hmm. you. The biggest issue that we have in our community and in the financial industry is gatekeeping, mm-hmm. right? Because you might have a financial professional that you think is kind of nice, yeah. but they never give you answers. So if you were to go out in the world by yourself, you still don't know what you're doing okay. and you might have the best financial plan. Okay. And they do that because they need you to depend on them. Okay. I'm a big believer in education. Yeah. Shoot, don't even meet with me. Just yeah. go on my Instagram and yeah. you're going to find what you need. Yeah. But working with me is because you want to work with me. Yeah. So you want the service but I'm never going to hide the information. Yeah. In fact, what I always say to my clients, I'll be like, hey, you know, my curls might not be as tight today and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And you can go to the bank, you can go to any bank you want and be like, yeah, the curls are kind of off so that's suspect to me, you know? <laughs> I don't mind, but I'm going to give you all the information. Reason yeah. being, it's no easy to get, exactly, it's easy to get played in this industry mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure that from you meet with me and from you interact with me, you're not getting played. Okay, I like that, I like that. So when it comes to estate planning Mm -hmm. now um wills and stuff like that how should we go about that okay so uh once upon a time i learned that uh (laughs) staple sells for 24.99 a will kit (laughs) um you can use will kits like that i know that there's templates that you can use i wouldn't be surprised if you could find some sort of template from canva even like Mm -hmm. you can draft these things my issue with drafting them is they don't always cover everything Mm -hmm. um i was once working with this rapper And what I was saying is the worst thing you can do is to have succeeded in your career now and leave behind all of this wealth you're creating, all of these soundtracks, all of this Mm -hmm. stuff, all of these streams, and your family has to pay to get it. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, God rest his soul does uh, take off. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. feel like I heard a a headline in the paper saying his family's going through an estate battle. Exactly, probate. Mm -hmm. So let's walk through how probate works because Mm -hmm. some people might be like, what does this all mean? Aretha Franklin had an $81 million estate. Yeah. She's Aretha Franklin. Yeah. But she ain't got no will. No will. No will. Oh. If I could meet her, yeah. I wouldn't ask her how she came up with her. Why you don't have a will. Yeah, yeah. And so $81 million. So the process goes like this. The, the estate goes to an accountant. Okay. An accountant's going to take their fee mm-hmm. off of this 81 million. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but if my rate was only $100 an hour today, it's going to be a million <laughs> yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They take whatever. There's no rules, right? Oh, geez. They assign the taxes on that. This is going to go to a lawyer. The lawyer is now going to also take their fee. I'm also charging a million dollars an hour. Yeah. And I'm going to take my time. Yeah. Right? Then it's going to go to the courts. The courts take their fee. And then the courts say to Aretha Franklin's family, still pay taxes on the $81 million, although we've taken our fees. Yeah. And you can't access her bank accounts to do so. So if Aretha didn't so leave they, her family any of her wealth, they have to now start selling properties. They have to start trying to, to pay that. the taxes just to get the stuff back. Wow. It's a lengthy process. Yeah. Right? And so when we look at people, these are, these are look at somebody like um, Nipsey Hussle. Yes, yes. It's my favorite. <laughs> Insurance. Yeah wills mm-hmm. own the rights to his stuff yeah, all his right music. yeah this is so important you cover this with a will yeah and what happens is i think of finances as a home you've got your insurances that cover your ability to earn income mm-hmm. you got your pillars which are your saving vehicles mm-hmm. right and you know when you're you know when somebody's building a new build house and you're like oh i can see the sticks in the yeah, ground yeah. nobody's looking at the foundation yeah the most important part mm-hmm. but the sticks in the ground is what we get excited about mm. so that's how we build our wealth and then the house is taxes like making sure we're not putting all of our money towards taxes 
and then estate planning because you don't want to build a house and leave the roof open mm -hmm. right and so um you can go to a couple of different uh people you can go to a lawyer for yeah. a will yeah. um and then you need to get all three documents right um power of attorney the will and healthcare directive yeah now each of these cost money but you can go to a lawyer and have them draft it every time you change something you have to go to the lawyer to have them update mm -hmm. so let's say today i have one child by the next two years i have two I now need to update my will, mm -hmm. right? Um, the other thing that you can do is, I know there's uh, companies like Legal Shield. Um, mm -hmm. I work with a couple of providers as well that support you using like lawyers online mm -hmm. to build your will. Okay. And then you might print it and get it notarized. They keep vaults and everything for you. Mm -hmm. um, and then last but not least, when I was, when I was just a, a you know a young lad, I once, <laughs> I once I once wrote like my will. I was a kid. I don't know. I wrote a will on line paper now does that work it can oh, if it's the only thing that you have yeah. but it can be contested yeah so if we think about the people in your life that you don't want to have your money yeah they can contest that and yeah. there's a chance that they'll get it oh, but um for parents this is where things get scarier because wealth is wealth and you may not be here some people care to leave wealth behind mm -hmm. some people care to give to things and some people don't care at all mm -hmm. but for people who have children uh one of the scariest <laughs> alliterations i'm going to use is that with children you care for your children mm -hmm. forget the wealth mm -hmm. if you don't have a will mm -hmm. your child can go to some chain smoking <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, you don't know who your child can go to because yeah. it depends on who the courts decide to leave your child with mm -hmm. if people are deemed fit if people are combating let's say different sides of the family are fighting over who gets to have the child in their possession for that mm -hmm interim mm -hmm. they likely have to go to foster care mm -hmm. right and so it's like just thinking about when Seems i'm not here up. how do i want to be remembered mm -hmm. how do i want those impacted by me to remember me to access my wealth mm -hmm. and how do i want the government to be in my business because that's essentially what happens right they're in control of your affairs but you've worked so hard for everything jeez so how often should we like if you do have a will mm -hmm. how often do you should we update our will Good question. Um, so I've updated my will once okay. since having it. Um, and mine is more like small details. Like I, like there's a section in uh, I have a vault yeah. and I like to put videos in there. Okay. Videos from different parts of my life because there's a certain way I want my funeral to go. Okay. It's all white, dance hall, open bar. You know what I'm saying? Like it is going to be a vibe. Like, yeah. I'm going to be in heaven like, yes. <laughs> Come on, Jeez. right? And yeah. it's gonna cost money. Yeah. I have like what flowers I want, but I create these videos so that, um, you know, sometimes at a funeral- A, a video you speaking? Yeah, just that's, different, just different videos. Yeah. Like, um, you know, here I am at this stage of my life, yeah. dear diary. Here are some oh, videos wow. from like even content I've created, things that I'm really passionate about that during that time, the hardest yeah. moment of potentially somebody else's life, Yeah they have everything it's there it's yeah. like a montage of my oh, life geez. and so i do that but updating i would say unless there's a significant change okay. right um like yes you've had another child you've amassed significant wealth that's not housed in the language in your so for example if it's like all of my wealth my stocks my you know bank accounts mm -hmm. You can probably slide in with that and be fine. Okay. But if you're saying my TD account, then now if you've now started building wealth with another institution, you probably have Should. to name that one as well. Yeah. And so I would say just kind of keeping stock of what's in your will, okay. potentially every five to 10 years. But okay. you personally would know when you need to change it because there's been a big difference. A big it could change. Right. It could be like... Um, 
you're married today mm-hmm. and you can't stand your partner tomorrow. So tomorrow you change it. Jeez. Right. And mm-hmm. and these are also important things because some wills name ex-spouses. Uh-huh. Right. Some wills name people who are already deceased. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that they're current based on where we are in life, who yeah. we're with in life, yeah. how many children we have and yeah. what our goals are as well. OK. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of information. Thank you. So I ask every guest the same two questions at the end and the first one i want to know the best advice you received and the worst advice you received and you don't have to say any names (laughs) um the best advice i received was on my staircase Mm -hmm. in brampton um when my aunt it didn't come in the form of advice but she looked at me and she said i don't know why you want to be a lawyer you're too good Elaborate. Um, what does she mean? She she left that there, and I and I looked up and I took it as like, you're just filled with too much mm-hmm. to to just be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I love my Courtney's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like um, what she was saying was inside of me there was so much like gift. I'm very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. I like to speak, and mm-hmm. she was just saying don't limit yourself. And I think that was the first moment. I still go to family events where people are like, are you sure you don't want to be a lawyer? I'm like, dude, like it's been like 10 years. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. done. Yeah, it's I'm not done. going. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. I have people who say this is still the worst decision I've made. Really? And to this day? To this day. Really? Yeah. I've gone look- I've gone places and been like meet my cousin's friends and like, so I heard you were supposed to be a lawyer. And I'm like, holy, people still talking about oh, that. Geez. But look at all that you're doing. Trust me. <laughs> Did you hear how much I make a minute? How about that? Why don't we talk about that? You want to talk about Jeez. law school, right? So um, that opened my eyes. That was right before I started traveling too. Like that was a big moment for me to realize I'm not average. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was also a moment for me to think about why did I even want to be a lawyer? And yeah. I realized wanting to be a lawyer was because I liked the way people reacted when mm-hmm. I said, you know, so smart, you're going to be a lawyer. Yeah, oh, it, the, the, the right, validation. The validation. Mm-hmm. It made me feel special and lawyers are special, but I know that I do so much more now for my community than I could have done 100%, as a lawyer. 100%. Uh, the worst advice, <laughs> the worst advice I think I've received is just be realistic. Oh, we got that one the other day yeah. too. Just uh, be realistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said that. yeah being realistic is um it's a killer of dreams mm-hmm. and i think sometimes you don't realize that your dreams are slipping away because we're so focused on the mundane mm-hmm. that we're not thinking about what dreams are mm-hmm. most canadians don't dream anymore yeah like, i know because i feel like we're too privileged like we're the, we're, the, we're at a privilege that's that uh, paralyzes us exactly that's what i notice about canadians to exactly be honest. we don't you know, sometimes I say things and the other day I was talking to my partner, Marjan, and he was saying like, sometimes you go in with these goals and he's like, for us, I know that they're real. But like, he's like, do you feel like some people get intimidated by that? Like so? when you say that you're, you're going to get the jet and <laughs> I say, nah, because the thing is, our dreams are so big mm-hmm. that if it makes you feel uncomfortable, I want you to own that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's no reason that we can't do anything like in COVID-19. I was going through some things, man. And there was so much things. 
I'm not into politics, but anyways, <laughs> there were things that I would not do, and uh, I was not going to change my views about myself and certain things. Mm-hmm. And somebody said to me, like, oh, come on, fam, like, if you want to travel, like, you got to do this, this, and oh. this, and uh-huh. otherwise you'll never be able to travel again. Come on. I said, fam, I didn't take I'm going yeah. to charter a jet. Yeah, come on. So, you sure you're going to charter a jet? Yeah. It's not that much more expensive than first class yeah. these days. Yeah. You know, and it's like changing your mind. How, how far are you willing to be pushed mm-hmm. because you're too scared to make decisions decisions tied to your wallet so mm-hmm. i'm really big on i don't shrink realism to you know oh i'm not gonna dream because i can't afford it mm-hmm. no i'm gonna increase my wallet size exactly. to fit my wildest dreams yeah. and and that's what i believe in i help people dream wildly like Amazing. i talked to somebody who was like i want to own a, a ranch yeah a winery i want to own horses i'm like yeah do it yeah, let's and do invite it. me over yeah, yeah right yeah, like yeah. It's about not being realistic sometimes because not being realistic is what allows you to think of the crazy things that mm-hmm. make you wildly mm-hmm. rich. And I, I feel like, you know, as we grow older, a lot of people, they get away from their inner child. Yeah. Like, look how many dreams that we had as mm-hmm. a child. We want to be Superman. We want to be this person. We want to be that person. And as we get older, we have we listen to people tell us, oh, you can't do that. You can't yeah. do that. And it kind of kills us as a human being. Yeah, it's the, um, what do they call it? It's like a, the disease of nose. Yeah. I yeah. heard somebody say, like, I don't believe our community has a crime problem. That's my first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate when people say, oh, my community has so much crime. Everywhere has crime. Yeah. And crimes are a form of entrepreneurship in some way, right? Mm-hmm. It's like people just trying to get to the goal. We have a mindset problem. Mm-hmm. And that mindset usually comes from no's because people that are doing all the foolishness that they're doing now, mm-hmm. oftentimes it comes from the fact that every time they ask from something, yeah. their parents were saying no. Yeah. They couldn't afford it. They couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't even spend time with those kids because they're too busy working doubles, triples, yes. overnights, all mm-hmm. of this crazy stuff. And so it comes back down to saying no less especially for the parents on the call like my kids are gonna be the richest broke kids (laughs) ever like you know i'm gonna make sure that they work for certain things they'll Mm -hmm. buy their first car 100 all while we have the money because i also believe in not being spoiled yeah exactly right but at the same time my kids will never have to beg for nothing Mm -hmm. unless they're unruly then they'll have to beg (laughs) right but like no we have to start saying no to no sometimes and just start saying yes to our best lives, to a break, to giving our kids an experience that doesn't make them want after anything. Our kids right now are looking at other people's lives like, shoo, again, like I wanna go to Disneyland, I wanna do this, and if you build, you you have two types of kids, they grow up and they're like, I don't wanna want any longer, I'm gonna get it, Mm -hmm. or I want it so bad, I'm gonna find the easiest way to try. Mm, I like that, I like that. Okay, and last question, on the show we like to make predictions, so I wanna, in five years I wanna say, Emini, she did say she was going to do that. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, I see myself in a lot of places I could cry. In a, in a, in a jet. That's one. Yeah, uh, they, boat. The boat, for sure. The boat, for sure. Okay. The, boat, the boat's before five years. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, bet, bet, um, bet. I would say some goals that we've set is we really want to make some big um, investments in the community in a big way. Okay. Um, so in five years, outside of my financial goals... I would say that I see myself, honestly, I see myself on like not regular news, but like news, like, Mm -hmm. you know, just doing big things, articles, the real, you know, like some different things. Um, But most importantly, in the next five years, I will cross over my 
my second million. Okay, lit. Yeah, in the next five years, that I'll be a millionaire. Okay. Um, and in the next five years, ideally, I'll be retired from my nine to five. Okay. Um, maybe one child, you know. Yeah. These, are, these, <laughs> these, these are these are the small things, but like I just plan to be big. Like you'll see my face on a billboard or on tv and I not like just that. cp not just city line yeah no, i don't yeah, want no yeah, city line yeah, 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 everywhere yeah, yeah okay dope 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 that's kind of where where blacks and rich that's what we want to do is i want to be everywhere yes. like I, in the household billboards on the bus stops yeah. or whatever that's exactly where we want to take this in like five years because i think I can and then it. you'll have the black as the new rich jet yeah no 100 yeah, <laughs> there you go blacks and rich, why not yes right? okay dope can you let people know how they can contact you and how to reach you. Okay, so um, how you can contact me is I'm really big on Instagram right now. I was just talking to Corey about it. <laughs> I'm kind of on TikTok, you know, yeah. getting more consistent. I, I need to see more content yes, for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you can find me on all social platforms at ebony, E-B-O-N-I dot E-L-L-E. There's an underscore, underscore ebony dot E-L-L-E. Um, and then my website is ebonyl.com. Nice. I'm fully available once you get to my social media outlets. You can find my website, my email, mm -hmm. DM me for questions. I'm, I'm again, I'm not a gatekeeper. Yes. So from you, DM me and I see your message. Mm -hmm. I will answer all of your questions and all of my content. I have blogs. I have an email list, all of this stuff to give everybody all that they need to know. Okay, amazing. Well, I want to thank you for coming out here because I know it's a little bit of a far drive. <laughs> Jeez, this was a, a, a packed conversation and I just want to let you know anytime that you want to come back, if you have new information, you're mm -hmm. welcome. Thank you. No thank problem. you so much for having me and thank you for all that you're doing with Black is the New Rich because you will change. You you you'll create like really big change for the community. Thank you. Um, you will be on billboards. You'll Thank be you. on buses. <laughs> you'll have you. the jet. I'm yeah. gonna be on okay. it too. All right. But like All you're right. doing big things, Thank and you. I I, I think it. that um, I wanted to take some time to take my hat off. Thank you. To you because Thank this you. is this can be a scary thing honing in and just yeah. delivering for the community and waking up and having the community be your first priority uh, 100 always delivering value always searching for value yeah. soon gonna be doing speaking uh yeah. engagements <laughs> um but yeah like big ups to you for everything that you're doing and thank you i'll definitely want to be back okay lit <laughs> all right lit episode 52 that's it how'd you Perfect. like it i loved it Jeez, thank you oh. <laughs> I studied that facts on facts.